Hello and welcome along to episode 73 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely, as always, is my co-host Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi, Matt. Long time no see. For the podcast, anyway, we've seen each other in person. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. But uh, yeah, a, a long, uh, a good month off. We didn't post any podcasts out through the month of August. Had a long time off, so it's good to be back. Good chatting about Leeds United and football again when you're here. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to cracking onto the news. Yeah, we've got we've got so much to go over in this podcast. Uh, usually at this point in the show, as part of the introduction, I say what's coming up in the show uh, and what we're going to talk about. But I'm not going to do that here because there is just so much to catch up on, so much to talk about here. Uh, so let's crack on here on the All Things Leeds podcast. <laughs> Well, it sure feels good to be back. Sorry for the uh, lack of content during the month of August. I had a lot of personal and uh, family issues to deal with, and Charles had some stuff to take care of as well. And um, we won't go, get into all that. But uh, the main thing is we are back to chat about Leeds United. Uh, we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, we didn't speak throughout the whole month of August, as we were mentioning in the uh, introduction, uh, not since the promotion. So, you know, has the fact that we've gone up as champions to the Premier League sunk in yet, or is it still feeling a bit surreal for you? Well, I mean, I really enjoyed it at the time. I, I enjoyed it at the time. I had quite a big celebration. And then, obviously, there was a while where not much really happened in between the kind of celebrating and us actually signing a few players and getting stuff sorted. So, yeah, I would say it has sunk in. I mean, I think the first match of the season, which we'll obviously we'll talk about at the end of this, um, or at some point during this podcast, that will be the point where you think we're actually here. We, we, we're, yeah. <laughs> we actually did it. We didn't just make that up. We didn't just dream that. This has actually happened. That, that, that'll be the moment it sinks in for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely was. I mean, for me, it's still surreal. Of course, it was great back when you know we did win promotion and we were crowned as champions. All the celebrating was uh, was so fun. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it, it does still feel surreal for me. You know, seeing the advertisements for Liverpool versus Leeds, it's just surreal to see. And yeah, I don't think it will sink in until we're a good few weeks into the season, really, uh, for me. Um, but when you look back on, you know, the championship season, you know, what, what points stick out, you know, stick out for you? What what points in the season really do, you know, stick out for you? Because in my opinion, there wasn't really much, you know, many incredible points. You know, you're looking for season beforehand. You had the Aston Villa come back, the Blackburn come back, uh, you know, you know, the West Brom win. You know, you had all these things that just stuck out. But, you know, when you know, when you when you look back at last season, it was pretty, you know, plain sailing, wasn't it really? <laughs> uh, you can say that in hindsight, mate. But we always had yeah. that, that dodgy point over Chris. So if you look at the, the the big points of the season, I would say following up the Derby playoff defeat with that that big win on the opening day against Bristol City, that was a that was a big moment. Yeah. I would say kind of going going on a good run at the start of the season. Obviously, the pivotal point was kind of that Forest game where we were in a properly bad run over the over the New Year period. That was a big point in the season. If we're talking, you know, net positive and negative. I think towards the end of the season, I think the demolishing Hull and the Huddersfield look. Killing goals, they were big points. Beating Fulham 3 0 after we just lost to Cardiff, that was a massive point in the season because we thought, I think everyone can admit after after Cardiff beat us, they thought, as this lockdown just done us a massive problem because we'd won the five games before and then we'd lost the first game back. Everyone was a little bit worried, but yeah, we, we turned that around. And I think obviously the, the role that everyone's always going to remember is the Hernandez 90th minute winner against Swansea, where yeah. you've got Bryn Law's commentary going on and um, you actually realize that we might actually be doing this and that. We, we hadn't just, uh, you know, <laughs> done it all for nothing once again. So I think 
those are the you know the big points in the season. Though. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Swansea win. Yeah, that that moment definitely will will stick with me. You know that last minute winner by Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, as you mentioned it there. You know, yeah, some some decent moments. I don't think it was as mem- memorable as the season beforehand, but uh, no, def- definitely a good season. Yeah, well, I mean, we won. Everyone was worried about us. You know, obviously the Leeds is falling apart again thing, but we won. What was it? How many of our last games? Like, I think it was. Yeah, because we won five before lockdown, didn't we? And then we won seven of the last nine, didn't we? So it's 12 of 14 we won. So, yeah. And then everyone was worried about us, you know, maybe not doing it. And there was there was that. <laughs> everyone was a little bit worried uh, with Cardiff. And the Luton game was a bit, we should have won that. And then everyone was worried during the game at Swansea because we thought, right, we dropped another two points here. But obviously, we, we got the win in the end. So if you think about it, we, we kind of cantered to the end it, but... You can say that in hindsight, but you know, living through the games wasn't pleasant, as I'm sure you'll agree. It was, uh, yeah, it was nervy and horrible for the most part. I remember watching the Barnsley game and just thinking, "Oh, we're playing badly here. The players have got nerves. They're all over us here. We'll be amazing if we managed to win, win this game, and we and we did win it." So it's that point that where, where everyone will remember the results, but the games themselves weren't always nice. But you know, we got, yeah. we won twelve our last fourteen. So that's yeah. how you win the league by ten points. That's and we won it comfortably. Ten points is big. Yeah, one hundred percent. Would you say that the tuna loss uh, at Nottingham Forest on the eighth of February was the turning point? Ever season because you know leading into that we had just won two uh, in nine league games um and yeah we went there you remember that luke Kaling interview after the game on LUTV. uh but then after that you know we drew one all away at brentford and then uh yeah won 12 of the last 14 losing one and, and drawing one so would you say that 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 was the turning point i know it's weird to say because usually the turning points are you know big wins but you know that tuna loss away not in the forest after that we only lost one game of left of the season. So would you say that that was a turning point? I mean, you can say that big wins are always turning points, but I think hard to take losses can be, you know, because we were in such poor form and the, and the players knew that something needed to change. And obviously had, they had that team meeting after that after that game to kind of air out where, and Bielsa basically said to them, you're all still playing all right. You're just not getting the results and showed them where they needed to kind of cheer up the game and stuff. And, and it worked really, because you get you get that and you think, right, that that is... Because we had that we had that ten point lead from third, didn't we? That basically evaporated after the um, after we lost at Forest. I think they were only a point behind us or behind us on goal yeah. difference or something or something silly like that. So they they'd literally just caught us up completely. And um, and the players will have known this because um, I think they probably got a little bit too relaxed. And being goal difference from you know being dragged into another playoff fight wasn't really it was probably the uh, the kick up the backside they needed to kick on. So yeah, yeah I think yeah. I, I would I would agree that was a turning point. Yeah, I was just going to say, it seemed like, you know, just a big kick up the backside. And then, yeah, we go and get an, an incredible point away at uh, Brentford. And then, uh, yeah, won 12, 12 of the last 14 games, which was just uh, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it, it really was just an incredible season. You know, winning the league with 93 points, 10 clear of West Brom, who finished second, and 12 ahead of Brentford, who finished third. Um, and Brentford, as well, lost in the playoff final to Fulham. So it is Fulham joining Leeds and West Brom in the Premier League. Uh, but yeah, an incredible season. And uh, I'm going to miss winning the uh, majority of games now that we're back in the Premier League in with the, in with the big boys. I'm, I'm going to miss that winning feeling. It's not sport if you win every game. That's what these, you know, these plastic Premier League fans don't understand. It's not really sport if you win every week. It's mechanical, really. Is the point the best way I can describe it? You turn up, you sit down, you watch your team win, you go home, and you know you're going to do it every week. That doesn't seem very fun to me. The, the, the fun is in the what can happen thing, not the what will happen thing. 
That's that's yeah. the essence of it. That's why. That's why when you when you, you know when you tell these Premier League fans and they go, oh, who do you support? Is that Leeds or and they start, they, they either jibe you a bit or they'll be like, oh yeah, you, you lost last last week or other week, didn't you? It's like well, yeah, that's that happens in football. You lose games, you win some games and you lose some games. But if you're supporting like Real Madrid and Liverpool or the current Liverpool team at the moment or or the, the scum teams of the last few years, you turn up and just expect to win every week. And then when you don't win, you get really angry. It's just yeah. like you're not supposed to win every week. And yeah, I'm looking forward to being uh, playing better players, being playing as more challenging teams. I know yeah. obviously we're going to we're going to take a few hammerings because we just are. Uh, Man City and Liverpool, and more than likely, unfortunately, Scotland, Chelsea are probably going to hammer us at some point. But you know, we'll, we might pick up the odd result against the top six, and we might, you know, have have a decent season. And um, yeah, and I, I've had to clarify now before we make any sweeping predictions that I think a decent <laughs> season would be staying in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm totally relaxed heading into this season because, you know, in the championship, we're going into every single game, you know, challenging for promotion. We're expecting to win every game. And when you lose it, you know, it's really disheartening. But, you know, we're going into Premier League season. No one's expecting us to do anything apart from just stay up, you know, a newly promoted team. A lot of pressure is lifted off our shoulders. We can just go at it and see what happens. And yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it you know i'm not feeling any pressure at all i'm not nervous about it i'm just excited for it i'm looking forward to it seeing how leeds united do yes we're going to take a few hammerings but you know just see what a leeds united team under marcel bielsa can do in the premier league i'm really looking forward to and as you mentioned just playing against good teams and good players and not playing against crap teams like luton and millwall who just sit back and pump one balls forward going to play good football inside going to see good quality football now, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it, really. That's the best part that we don't have to play the likes of Barnsley and Rotherham and Luton and and Wickham. We don't have to play them teams. <laughs> I never, you never enjoy, you never turn into them games and expect to enjoy it, do you? You're always like, no. oh, <laughs> we just need to win it. Yeah, here's another game, yeah. <laughs> finally, get finally playing teams that are you know of a good level, where every team in the league is of a good level. Um, that that'll be that'll be interesting to test ourselves yeah. there. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, I'm not nervous about relegation either. I don't think we'll we'll go down. Um, you know, with with the likes of Rodrigo, you know, Rodrigo just come from Valencia. We'll get on get onto that sign in in a little while. But uh, you know, Rodrigo's not going to go down into the championship. You know, we're not going to get relegated with a player like him. You know, I, I'm I'm completely relaxed heading into this. How are you feeling heading into the season? Uh, I'm particularly relaxed about the Liverpool game because I'm just expecting to lose. So there's, uh, there's absolutely a, if we get if we get anything, then I'll be very pleasantly surprised because um, it's no one gets any points at Anfield. That's kind of especially not recently. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm completely relaxed about. I'm, I'm fairly relaxed about the whole season. The only thing I'm worried about is is going down. That's all I'm worried about. If we if we yeah. manage to stay in the league, I don't care if we finish 17th. I really could not yeah. care less. Just, just as long as we stay up. Yeah, I don't want to go up and then go straight back down and have everybody go, oh, yeah, we told you so. We told you it wouldn't work. And especially really when it's looking like fans aren't going to be allowed back into the stadium this season. I don't want our first season, after 16 years in the Premier League, to be with no fans in the ground. Then for us to get relegated oh. in the Championship and then fans are allowed you know, back in. You know, that, that, That'll be really disappointing. That would be particularly bad. That would be awful. I wouldn't enjoy yeah. it. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're in a long time for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, 2020 21 Premier League season does kick off uh, this weekend. Leeds United's first game is against uh, reigning Premier League champions uh, Liverpool away at Anfield, of course. We will preview that game later on uh, in the show. But we do have loads to discuss and loads to catch up on. So I feel the best way to do this is to go through everything in a chronological order. So uh, let's get started, shall we? So uh, on the 24th of July, 
Uh, the uh, start and end date of the 2020-21 Premier League season was announced. Uh, the season obviously starts this Saturday, the 12th of September, and it will end on the 23rd of May 2021. Um, on July the 27th, Marcel Bielsa uh, was named Championship Manager of the Year at this year's LMA Managers Awards. And uh, three days later, on the uh, 31st of July, Bielsa was named Championship Manager of the Month for July. So two awards for Bielsa in a short space of time and uh, well-deserved as well. <laughs> yeah, they are both deserved. He was the best manager in the Championship. He, he has been for the last couple of seasons, but this season he's, he can say, I finished first, I was the best manager of the Championship. But he was, yeah. And um, it was nice to see uh, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson uh, yeah. congratulate him for the award. That, that was very amusing. And um, I think the LMA award meant a lot meant a lot to him because obviously it was voted for by other managers as well. So he, I think he really respects the, um, the concept of being recognised by I mean, the people he views as his peers, I mean, we view as his vast inferiors, to be honest with you, but because every other manager yeah. in the league was his, was his inferior, in my opinion. I'm sure it'd be in your opinion, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think he valued being um, awarded by his peers. I think that was a particular high point for him. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice to see that video of Marcel Bielsa making that speech. It, it did seem very, uh, very pleased with the uh, the award. It meant uh, quite a lot to him. And as you mentioned as well, Sir Alex Ferguson doing all the... Uh, <laughs> Announcement videos of the uh, of the award winners. Uh, yeah, great to see Sir Alex Ferguson talking some, uh, you know, say some good things about Marcel Bielsa for for a short while. That was very uh, amusing to see. Uh, moving on on July the thirty first, uh, Leeds United's nineteen year old striker Ryan Edmondson joined Scottish Premiership side Aberdeen on a uh, loan deal until January twenty twenty one. He played one game, making an appearance off the bench before returning to Leeds after suffering an ankle injury, and he will be out for uh, three to four months. So uh, good luck to Ryan Emerson. Hopefully he does uh, have a, a quick, uh, strong and speedy recovery. Um, and yeah, it's just really unfortunate, isn't it, for Ryan Emerson? feel really, really sorry for him because we've been saying for all, over these past two, three years, you know, get Ryan Emerson out on loan. You know, he could he could walk into, you know, a championship standard team and, you know, you know, start every week or be be on the bench and get some good minutes under his belts. But you know, he's just been playing under twenty threes football at Leeds United for the past few seasons. He's been doing great, but not first team experience. So yeah, when that loan was announced, I was really really pleased for him. But uh, yeah, just see him make one appearance off a bench and then get injured uh, in training. Yeah, I just feel really sorry for him. Yeah, I think I'm getting to the point where I don't see him having a future breaking through in, at Leeds purely because of the way he. The way he plays, he's a very much like an old-fashioned number nine. Great in the air, great, great holding the ball up. And he, and he is a decent finisher, but um, I don't think he's really got the... I don't think he, he's got the kind of work rate that, you know, that Rodrigo and Bamford have got when it comes to, you know, <laughs> chasing people down off the ball, you know, chasing yeah. lost causes and stuff like that. I think he just likes, just you know, cross it in and I will score. <laughs> and that, that's what he kind of wants, um, which is the kind of the old-fashioned number nine type thing. So I think moving to... Um, like a low end championship club or like a, a top end league one club, I think it'd be perfect for him because I think it, they would suit his style completely. Yeah, particularly again, we're signing the um, signed Greenwood, haven't we, from uh, from Arsenal? So I think there's becoming there's more and more competition, and I don't know if I can really see him getting through at this point. So I think I do yeah. feel sorry for him not being able to break through at Aberdeen because I think Aberdeen would be a good club for him to kind of establish himself. And Scottish football is, is famously quite quite physical in general, so I think that would suit his style of play. So yeah, I do feel quite sorry. Hopefully, he, once he's uh, recovered from his injury, he can get out on a, another loan, or maybe maybe we could sell him or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think Ryan Emerson, he's a very good striker. He's very able, but yeah, it's sad, but I, I, I do agree with you. I don't think he, he will break into the Leeds United's uh, first-team squad uh, anytime uh, soon. Uh, he is only young, though, 19 years old, so maybe in a few years' time, but uh, no, he's a good striker, and uh, yeah, hopefully you know he does recover well and uh, yeah, gets some uh, good first-team experience somewhere. Uh, moving on, on the uh, 10th of August, a 23-year-old forward, Jack Harrison, rejoined Leeds United on a season-long loan from fellow Premier League side, Manchester City. Uh, we were expecting him to stay, really. I mean, you know, Jack Harrison isn't going to make it into the Manchester City team anytime soon, uh, is he? So, uh, yeah, we we're expecting him to come back to Leeds. It could have been permanent, but, you know, some contract uh, issues somewhere. So, yeah, it is just another loan deal. Uh, but good stuff, really, from you know from the club, getting Jack Harrison back. You know, he's a good player, kind of need the options there as well. Um, and good business as well, because it you know frees up, frees up some of the uh, transfer budget. Yeah, I think the club made a big thing of uh, maintaining the identity and integrity of the team. So, obviously, getting Costa back was important. Uh, retaining Meslier, retaining um, Jack Harrison. These were players that were already in the team last season. If they want to keep that continuity, they need to have the same players. If they just sign three three new players, obviously with the obligation to buy Costa, so I guess two new players, then that wouldn't really be keeping to the, the kind of stuff that, the stuff that we're hearing from the club. So yes, we got we got Meslier uh, back, we got Costa, we got uh, Harrison back. So the, uh, it was it, it is a good idea to, to to get him back, and he and he did perform well last season. I know this is what I hate about people that throw stats here. People always go, well, yeah, he didn't score that many goals, or he didn't get many assists, though. I mean, I think he got a few more this season. I think he maybe got, what did he get? Is it seven and seven he got this season or six and seven yeah. or something like that? Not, not brilliant numbers anyway. Um, but his contribution was was fantastic. I thought Jack Harrison was, was great throughout the season. So yeah. I think getting him back for the for the Premier League season would be good. Um, and I think it'll, it'll suit his style of play more because um, you do get more time to dribble in the Premier League because it's, it's not as physical a league as the Championship. So And I think particularly when he's when he's cutting inside, he's, he's, he's super. I think he's probably one of the best dribblers in the squad is, is, is Jack Harrison. He's, he's fantastic. And uh, obviously yeah. he's... Um, um, he's, I think he's certainly got the, the, the best first touch in the squad. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> One of the best first touches of, of any football I've ever seen. So <laughs> he's got feet like pillows. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, he's a really good player. I'm, I'm pleased we've got him back. Yeah, 100% really pleased that Jack Harrison uh, has returned to Leeds on a season-long loan. Um, also, on the uh, 10th of August, Leeds United completed the permanent signing of Joe Gilhart from League One side Wigan Athletic. Uh, the 18-year-old forward signed a four-year deal with the club running until the summer of 2024. Um, and a good signing, this. A uh, good signing for the uh, youth team and, uh, yeah, for the future Leeds United first team, really, because he is a very good uh, player. Played for Wigan's first team last season. Did a good job. As I say, 18 years old. He's very, very young. And, uh, yeah, he's a good player. And a uh, very good signing, is this? Uh, yes, he's a good player. I'm, I am looking forward to... Um... To, uh, to seeing him if he can progress uh, in the right way. Obviously, um, he's, he's been very good for them and hopefully can um, he can crack on for us in a similar way because um, we, we are somewhat short of two-footed players, aren't we? Because uh, we've kind of got a lot of uh, left-footed players. We've got a lot of left-footed players. Someone, someone pointed that out to me the other week and I was like, yeah, we don't really do it. I was like, all right, Harrison's left-footed and uh, Bamford's left-footed. Rodrigo's left-footed. Rodrigo's left-footed and <laughs> Alioski's left-footed and Barry Douglas is left-footed. <laughs> yeah, as I said Costa already. Um, obviously, yeah, Hernandez and, and Phillips and Aileen, they're all right. But Cooper's left-footed and... Casilla. <laughs> Mezzia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Mezzia's left-footed. So there's a lot of left-footed players in this club. <laughs> it's quite weird to see that many, to be honest. But um, yeah. yeah, but it's, two-footed players are, are very good. And um, uh, it's, it'd, be, it'd be great to see him if he can progress. He does, he does look like a really decent player. 
and uh, yeah. it'd be nice to have someone come, come through. Obviously, Arsenal have done all the hard work in kind of getting him up to scratch, but, you know, it's nice to bring him through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good players. Uh, Joe Gellar, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, progress at Leeds oh, United. So I should, should, have said, should have said Wigan there, not Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to say. Uh, I don't know if it was at Arsenal at a younger age, but uh, no, yeah, no, de- no, definitely no, no. Uh, progress. Wigan, I meant to say Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, on the, uh, on the uh, 11th of August, Leeds United uh, signed highly rated Northern Irish forward Charlie Allen from Northern Irish side Linfield. Uh, the 16-year-old has signed a three-year deal with the club running until the summer of 2023. Allen has experience in the Northern Irish uh, yeah, international team, uh, you know, done well at Linfield, um, and he will link up initially with the under-18 side. Um, yeah, another great signing for the uh, youth team. This really, really pleasing to see all these uh, youngsters coming through the door uh, yet again at Leeds United. Yeah, it's, it is, it's brilliant to see how many youth players we're actually adding to the team because we, uh, I, I was joking the other day, we're planning on winning the, the 2024 Champions League or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, but we, we, we're getting some good investments to have a proper go at the uh, the Premier League because uh, it's PL two, isn't it? the Premier League two? That'd be uh, it would be great. And obviously now we've got the Category One Academy, we're going to attract uh, a better standard of player. So yeah, I am really looking forward to seeing the youth teams more this yeah. season. Yeah, fantastic uh, developments in the uh, youth system. Um, on the thirteenth of August, Leeds United announced that they had accepted an invitation to play in the twenty 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 one EFL Trophy. Uh, this is after the club's academy achieved Category 1 status um, and it's the under-21 side taking part in that tournament. And um, in the group stage, they have got Ackerton Stanley, Bromley and uh, Blackpool. Um, they played their first game in the tournament on the Tuesday, the 8th of September, um, and lost 7-0 away at Accrington Stanley, 5-0 down at halftime. Uh, not a great start in that tournament, but I mean, it really was men against boys, really. You know, the, the youngest... I think the oldest player in the team was was 17, really. So, um, yeah, truly was men against boys. So nothing to be too ashamed of here. No, they because they, um, I, I saw Phil put something about this. Because all the under-23s players and, you know, some of the older players, kind of 19, 20-year-old players, are all, you know, training with the first team and are in the first team bubble. Or on international uh, duty. Yeah, or on international duty, yeah. Because obviously uh, Bogus would have played as well. And um, obviously there's a, there's a few others as well. They, they can't break the bubble, so they can't. They can't say, oh, uh, they can't drop, you know, likes of uh, of Greenwood in. They can't drop the, um, they can't, they can't say, oh, Bogus, can you finish your international duty and come back? They just, they just can't um, because they they're all training, or Ollie Casey or Jamie Shackleton, because they're all training with the first team. So they, yeah, um, so they can't put them in the team um, to play the youth because then they'd have to get retested. And they won't. Yeah, it's for COVID bubble. To, yeah, um, so they wouldn't be eligible to be played in the in the squad for, for uh, league games. So we are having to play a much younger side than we actually would want to. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything, any need to read into that. I mean, it is it is very stupid that under-21s teams in the Premier League can play in the, uh, in, the, in, the <laughs> in the I don't know what they still call it, the, uh, the well, it used to be the Johnson's Paints, what do they call it now? Check a trade or leasing.com. Or something yeah, like that. or check a trick. What, 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 what the hell is called this time? The League One and League Two Cup, whatever yeah. it is. One of that it's crap tournaments weird. that no fans turned up to. <laughs> Literally, yeah, no well, fans think... turned up to the games. About like five turned up to a Blackpool game once, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I think uh, the League One and League Two teams really resent the under 21s teams being in the competition yeah. as well. So, yeah. I can understand why that would annoy them. Yeah, but it's just it just treat it as a run out, treat it as a as a learning curve. It's 
I mean, it's it's nothing to really be to be worried about. Good, good experience for the youngsters, really. Some you know decent teams in the football league that the uh, youngsters are playing against. Some so some good experience, really. So I think it'll be for the uh, better, really. And uh, yeah, n- nothing to worry about if we don't do too well in that tournament. Also on the thirteenth of August, Leeds United signed highly rated fullback Cody uh, Drama from Fulham for an undisclosed fee. Uh, the 18-year-old has signed a four-year deal running until the summer of 2024. Another good signing there for the youth teams. Uh, August 19th, Leeds United revealed their home shirt by uh, Adidas for the new uh, Premier League season. Um, it's what we were expecting, really. It, the leaks matched up with with the kit. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite a nice kit, really. What, what are your thoughts on it? I like it, but I think it was a bit... I think it was a bit cautious, a bit safe. I, know they, yeah. I think they could have possibly done a bit more with it. Obviously, it's got the blue stripes on the shoulders. I personally would have gone either two yellow, one blue, or two blue, one yellow. I think that would have looked, <laughs> would have better on the kit. I, I know they're trying to completely get rid of yellow from all the kits and, all, and yeah. everything, which is, to be honest, annoys me a bit because all the yellow kits are my favourite kits from the past. So, yeah, it's, it's more or less what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the sponsor, that uh, the, the main shirt sponsor. That was, that was a bit out of the blue. But, yeah, obviously, we've got JD on the sleeve um, sponsor as well. So, that's decent. I mean, means that the shirt will be more widely available and we can uh, more people can buy it. I mean, obviously, we've already got record sales. I think we've already made like well over 15 million quid on, on shirt sales. So yeah. I think we're clearly uh, clearly financing a couple of deals with that. So that, that's good. So, yeah, to be honest, the, the kit doesn't really bother me too yeah. much. As long as it's not absolutely hideous, as long as it makes <laughs> yeah. money, I'm not really bothered. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's not horrendous, then, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's a white kit, isn't it? It's a white kit. It'll, it'll do. You know, I think I've got to the age now where, you know, it's just a kit. I'm not that bothered, really. When I was younger, I'd probably like, oh, you know, that looks really cool. I'll go buy one. But you know, I've got to the point now where it's just, you know, a kit's a kit. As long as it's not horrendous, it's fine. It'll do. Uh, the SBO top sponsor, though, I mean, that doesn't, that logo doesn't look too great on the kit, <laughs> in my opinion. It looks a, it's a bit questionable, really. What, what are your thoughts on the uh, SBO top? I don't like gambling companies in general, and I really don't like them in football advertising everywhere. So, yeah, I'd rather not have a gambling company. But, yeah, it doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, the they're actual, giving us, the what, actual... £20 million a season? The, the, the look of the yeah something like that the look of, the look of the logo is is all right I, I just don't like gambling companies so um, yeah. I'm not going to say any more on that I just don't yeah I mean I, I'm just not a fan of a logo really I think it's just a bit too big kind of overpowers the rest of a kit really but you know as I say it's a kit <laughs> it'll do and it's by Adidas as well which is great and as you just mentioned there JD uh, the first ever uh, sleeve sponsor uh, for Leeds United. Um, you know, a record-breaking deal, around £10 million or so a season. So, yeah, bringing in more money uh, to the club and, uh, yeah, it's going to be available to a lot more people. So, uh, yeah, very very good. It's going to bring in a lot more money into the club. Just some, you know, really good business to, done by Leeds United, especially with the kit, you know, some really good business. Yeah, well, I think we had to uh, take advantage of some of that. The Premier League riches at some point and uh, part and parcel of that is uh, getting yourself a really expensive bunch of sponsors. So, so yeah, as long as we're, as long as we're making making some money, the club's in a good financial state and we're not overspending, that's fine. Obviously, there's, there's a difference between, you know, being worried about overspending and underinvesting, but I think we're kind of towing the line. I would I would like um, I would like us to spend a bit more money, if I'm being honest. But, you know, the, the, reven- the revenue streams under Adrizani have been very good and the sponsors have been part of that and uh, it really does help keep the club financially stable so I'm pleased with that 
Yeah. Uh, on the 20th of August, the uh, Premier League fixtures were announced for the 2020-21 season. Uh, Leeds United, as mentioned uh, earlier, do take on reigning Premier League champions Liverpool away at Anfield on the opening day, which is, of course, this Saturday. Every game is live on Sky Sports, kicking off at 5.30pm. We will preview that game later on in the show. Um, so looking at the uh, fixtures then. So as I say, Liverpool away first game, then it's Fulham at home, followed by Sheffield United away. Um, and the majority of these games as well is just on a Saturday as well. So a lot less games, uh, just the 38, which is uh, which is good. Heading into October, we've got Manchester City at home, then Wolves at home, Aston Villa away, Leicester at home. In November, we've got November. Uh, I've got November. <laughs> we've got Crystal Palace away, <laughs> Arsenal at home, Everton away. In December, of course, it's always a, a busy December period. Uh, we kick that off with Chelsea away, West Ham at home, Newcastle at home, Manchester United away, Burnley at home, and then West Brom away. Uh, the uh, Burnley at home game is, of course, on Boxing Day. Uh, January 2021, uh, we kick off the uh, new year on the 2nd of uh, January uh, away at Tottenham. Then it's uh, at home to Southampton, at home to Brighton, away at Newcastle United and away at Leicester. In February, we've got Everton at home, Crystal Palace at home, Arsenal away, Wolverhampton Wonders uh, away and then Aston Villa at home. In March, we've got just the three games. We've got West Ham away, Chelsea at home, Fulham away. Uh, In April, April looks very tough. We've got Sheffield United at home, Manchester City away, Liverpool at home and Manchester United at home. The uh, last month of the season in May, we've got Brighton away, Tottenham at home, Burnley away, Southampton away, and then we finish the season uh, off on the 23rd of May 2021 at home against West Brom. So, yeah, that is the fixture list. April looks very, very tough. I think we're entertaining, though. (laughs) Those those are the kind of games I want to watch. Those are the kind of games I want to watch. Yeah. As as good as playing, you know, Burnley and Brighton is going to be, I'd much rather watch us play, you know, Liverpool and and Manchester United and, and Wolves and people like that where... It's going to be a good, you're anticipating a really cracking game of football. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely some uh, some interesting uh, games there. But I mean, <laughs> I must admit, you know, when the when the fixtures first came out, just looking down, it really was just all right. Defeat, 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 defeat. <laughs> I just had that mindset. You know, it just looked Liverpool, Man City, Wolves. You're just thinking, yep, yeah, defeat, defeat, defeat. <laughs> I think I think the, the the team will surprise us positively and negatively throughout the season. As they always do. So yeah, at the risk of sounding like Michael Owen, I think we'll win some and lose some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the first home game of the season uh, against Fulham, I think we'll win that because of course we beat Fulham three nil at home last season. So I think we'll probably win that. Sheffield United away maybe get a point, uh, but I'm not spe- expecting anything against the likes of Manchester City and Tottenham or Wolves as well. I don't think but, Wolves are unbeatable. I don't think Wolves are unbeatable. I yeah, no, I no, think... they're not. But you know, very good team. You know, you know, in the Europa League last season, you know, it is it is going to be tough. We will get we'll we'll get slapped a few times, but um, you know, as I say, you know, I'm totally relaxing into the, heading into the season. I think you know we will do okay. Um, of course, it's unfortunate that fans aren't allowed in, but you know, hopefully, fans are allowed in to a stadium. Hopefully, to you know, near enough full capacity by the uh, new by the time a new year rolls around. Because you know, I don't want to miss Manchester United at home. That's the one game I really don't want to miss. Manchester United or Liverpool at home. I really don't want to miss those games. I think I'll be honestly surprised if we see more than three or four games this season. You know, Each, actually yeah. in the stadium with a decent with a decent number of people there. I think they'll try and do this this kind of like twenty five percent capacity type thing, but yeah, which you may you may or may not get in on with your 
the all-season ticket. So yeah, what has been we'll talking point is, uh, you know, if it is you know twenty-five percent capacity stadium, who do the club you know bring in? Because uh, of course, season ticket holders, there's you know around twenty thousand. The stadium only holds thirty-eight thousand, so that's more than half. And um, if it's a 25% capacity stadium, which we're allowed, will it just all be season ticket holders or will 10% go to, you know, general sale? Um, you know, that's been a, a big talking point. In my personal opinion, it's not just because I'm a season ticket and I'm biased. You know, we've already paid money, a lot of money in advance, you know, so I think that we should get priority. And I think, you know, if it is a 25% capacity, it should just be season ticket holders, shouldn't go to members or, or whatever. Because when members bought the membership, it did say match tickets are not a guarantee. We bought season tickets, you know, hoping to get into the ground. We paid in advance. I think, you know, season ticket holders should be priority and should, you know, it should all be season ticket holders in, you know, in some capacity. So, um, no, that's just my personal opinion. I know it's a hot topic, but I, I really don't think too many people will, you know, make a big argument about, you know, the fact that, you know, if it's 25% capacity stadium, it'll all be season ticket holders. I don't think too many people will disagree with that, really. I don't think you can go wrong because, yeah, that season ticket holders, you know, pay a lot of money in advance. So that's just my personal opinion. I don't know what your thoughts on, on that is, Charles. No, I mean, as a former season ticket holder myself, <laughs> obviously I'm not anymore because because uh, of reasons, financial reasons mainly. Um, <laughs> I I understand that. I mean, season ticket holders have been there. Most of them have been longer than members have been there, and they've paid more money. And obviously they've bought that they have bought their seats in the ground. So yeah, I don't think there's any decent arguments for members being chosen over season ticket holders. I really can't think of any to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, I've got yeah. any gripes with them all all the tickets should they become available going to season ticket holders. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I know obviously, you know, people, do, you know, do have financial difficulties. They can't afford season tickets, but, you know, people who do buy season tickets, you know, pay a lot of money in advance. We bought it in March. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think season ticket holders should get priority, um, really. But we'll move on from that. So, yeah, those are the uh, Premier League fixtures. Uh, on August 5th, 24th, Calvin Phillips was called up to Gareth Southgate's England squad for their Nations League games away at Iceland and Denmark in September. Uh, those games have been played and uh, Phillips did not feature in England's wonder win uh, over Iceland, but he did start for England in their 0 0 draw with Denmark last Tuesday. Uh, the first player, uh, first least player to start for England since uh, Danny Mills. Um, he was subbed off in the 76th minute, though, for Jack Grealish. And at that point, I turned my TV off and did not watch the rest of the game. But, uh, you know, a great and proud moment, really, for, for everyone connected to Leeds United seeing Calvin Phillips called up. Yeah, it was a great moment for the uh, for the club. It's it's fantastic to see a, a Leeds player back in the England side for the first time in, a, of, as you've said, sixteen years. But yeah, the the game was kind of dour and defensive and really bad tactically. To be honest, from from Southgate, there's no other way to put it. It was just bad tactically. It was playing three set halves and two defensive midfielders against the team, which were frankly beatable. And then there was sort of, sort of wondering why there was no kind of creativity with, you know, we were just banging it along to Jen Sancho and, and Harry Kane in a, in a kind of Warnock-Stoke style rather than, you know, building up through attractive football. And, and I understand that obviously we didn't have, um, you know, the likes of Rashford or Greenwood or Foden because obviously they were too busy engaging in other social activities <laughs> to, um, to to be allowed in, the, in that matchday squad. And I know there's yeah there's, there's a few people missing, but it's it was just very poor tactically. I mean yeah. And then and then the, what annoyed me was then they brought Calvin off uh, and put obviously with Jack Grealish on, whereas you could have played you could have not played Declan Rice, put Calvin in that holding role, 
either play the back four or the back three if you wanted, whatever you want. And then obviously play with proper centre mid, maybe a ward prowse or something, and then Grealish in front. So you're actually there's actually a line there, there's actually a you know a, a visible midfield to be seen. Yeah. Instead instead of what what basically happened was England playing five defenders in the centre of the pitch and then the two full backs trying desperately to get it to to get it forward towards it towards the attacking players, which didn't really work because yeah. it just didn't work and it was it was dull. So uh, yeah, 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 I a hundred percent agree. I really don't know why Calvin Southgate was doing it. And then people were going, oh yeah, these opposition fans that have never seen anything of Calvin Mills are basically going, yeah, he's not really doing anything. It's like, well, yeah, because normally what happens is we stick him in front of a back four and he's pinging diagonal balls out. He's making forward passes. And he did a few in the game, to be fair. Calvin Phillips was playing well. He, he did well, the Calvin Phillips. Yeah, it, 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 looked, it obviously wasn't brilliant. He looked solid, it looked like he, he was fine. and then, But it was just the awful tactics and, yeah. and uh, the, the way it was played that really didn't benefit him. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to him you know, getting back into the Leeds team. and Seeing him in his proper position. I, yeah, I also saw, I can't remember who else tweeted this, but I was, someone basically said that Bielsa Ball has ruined every other style of football <laughs> for them. And, and yeah. I, I sort of got like, that. That what drove that home for me was, was at the end of last season when I was watching Huddersfield play West Brom. I was just thinking, this is absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah. It's such a bad game of football. Yeah, because <laughs> I was used to watching, you know, the, the kind of build up play and the transitions and things, and it's kind of kind of like a ghost of Christmas future for after Bielsa leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to be looking forward to, like, which is to, which, you know, depress me slightly. But you know, I, I realise I've rambled yeah. a bit there. But... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, watching Bielsa ball really has just ruined. Every other football match I watched with no Bielsa ball. It really, really has. I mean, it was the first time I'd watched England tactically because I was literally just watching Calvin Phillips. And uh, yeah, I, it got me really into, you know, the tactics that England playing. And yeah, just so frustrating. So frustrating to watch. I thought the tactics were so poor. As you say, you know, basically we sat five defenders in there. If you're playing 4 3 3, you don't play two defensive midfielders. You play either Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. And statistically, on the night, Calvin Phillips was better than Declan Rice. I don't rate Declan Rice in that position at all, really. I think Calvin Phillips, you know, should always be in there. I think, you know, something England's needed for a while, just someone to just sit there and ping, you know, balls forward. And that's what Calvin Phillips does. But, you know, Gareth Southgate played him out of position. Apparently, Gareth Southgate has been watching Phillips for the past two years. How? <laughs> How have you been watching the guy for two years and play him out of position? I just don't understand that. Uh, I think it really, really was frustrating, to be honest. Gareth Southgate probably has a lot to hands for, but, you know, enough of England. Calvin Phillips being called up. A really, really proud moment. Uh, you know, really, really good to see him in there. And it felt really weird as well because, you know, it felt like, oh, you know, it was like a dad thinking, oh, I hope Calvin Phillips is settling in well and making friends in the England camp, you know, because, you know, me and you, we've met Calvin Phillips. We met him last year in yeah, December. Yeah. I've met Calvin Phillips a few times and uh, yeah, he's such just, you know, just a nice guy, just a nice bloke, uh, really humble down to earth, just a really nice bloke. And uh, yeah, I was just hoping that, you know, he did settle in well, but yeah, just a, yeah, a really, really proud moment for everyone connected to Leeds United. Yeah. I mean, I've obviously got a photo of him around the exhibit and stuff and I was, I was actually impressed to see that he's, he's basically at the same height as me, which I thought was weird because you've always seen him with like aerial balls and that obviously he's, significantly in better shape than I am uh, as a as a as a Bielsa footballer but yeah, yeah do you remember uh, that night at all 
because you bashed your head on the uh, on the uh, metal, metal yeah, on the way out. The way they, out. Uh, basically, we we were like the last ones to leave, so they pulled like the uh, the barrier down, like the, the shutters on the on the on the shop in the in the Marion Centre. And I hadn't seen this, so I just turned around and cracked my head on the thing on the way out. Which um, to be honest, the, the pain wasn't that bad. It was mainly the shock of it because you know when you just turn around, you 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 face into something. It was just it yeah. was a shock of it. But meeting him was great. He was he was he was a he was a nice guy. He had plenty to say and stuff. And yeah, it was um. That was really enjoyable. So yeah, I, I am actually delighted for him because he seems like a decent human being as well, which can't always be said for footballers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really pleased for Calvin Phillips there being called up to the uh, to the England squad and uh, starting against um, against Denmark. Really awesome to see there. Moving on uh, on August the twenty sixth, uh, we saw a great video of uh, Niagara Falls, of course, over uh, in America. Uh, it was lit up blue, yellow, and white. The uh, colours of Leeds United. Uh, thanks to two fans, uh, Kenny uh, Donisona and uh, Andrew Bowden. Uh, did you see this, Charles? I did. I saw it on the, uh, the BBC West Yorkshire thing. Put a picture of it. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Really good. Uh, yeah, it honestly, was awesome. Can't really, can't, really, can't really believe that they. Um, I think it's the because it's it's on. It kind of can. It's between Canada and um, the US, isn't it? Because the uh, I think yeah. it runs with both. So I can't believe the you know respective governments actually allowed them to do that. But you know, it was nice nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely incredible to see because, because such you know, you know, big tourist attraction. It's worldwide famous as Niagara Falls. Just see that lit up in Leeds United colours. You know, yeah, it wasn't just a coincidence. It really was genuinely done for Leeds United to celebrate promotion. Yeah, it was awesome to to see. Really, really awesome to see. I was wondering though, you know, imagine all the confused tourists wandering around there. <laughs> look at Agra Falls. Oh, look at that! Looks really nice. No idea. It's a, it's, like United it's, it's, the, it's to celebrate a football club three three and a half thousand miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would that would confuse me if I was a random uh, random <laughs> tourist. Yeah, uh, but no, just an incredible sight to see. Uh, so yeah, big thanks to those fans who were uh, allowed it to happen. And uh, yeah sensational stuff really on august the 28th Leeds united announced the permanent signing of striker sam greenwood as you mentioned earlier uh charles uh from fellow premier league side arsenal the uh, 18 year old has signed a three-year deal at ellen road running until the summer of 2023 he will uh, initially link up with the uh, under 23 side another good signing there arsenal fans didn't seem too happy about sam greenwood leaving so uh yeah obviously uh yeah very, very good signing there is uh, Sam Greenwood. Um, on the uh, 29th of August, Leeds United broke their transfer record, um, announcing the signing of Rodrigo Moreno Mercado uh, from Valencia uh, for uh, 27 million euros. Uh, the uh, 29-year-old who can play as a winger or striker has uh, signed a four-year deal with a club running until the summer of 2024. Fantastic signing! I I could not believe this when this was announced. It just a, an an incredible signing. It was. I'm um, so I think he kind of got sold the project by Bielsa, and I think he wanted a new kind of challenge. And I think he he liked the idea of returning to the Premier League. So I think he'd previously been there with Bolton when he was a really young player about ten years ago. So um, yeah, I think he he kind of relished the challenge, and I think. Um, yeah, it was quite an ambitious move by the club. I think uh, Victor Orta was basically saying that he, he talked to Bielsa and basically said, oh, yeah, I think we've got a chance to sign him. And Bielsa said, oh, is he, oh, can we actually get him? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I think we can. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if it, I think it was mostly, him. you know, right place, right time, really, because Valencia at the moment are in a bit of turmoil. They can't afford to pay their players, so they have to sell a lot of the uh, players who are on high wages. And I think Rodrigo's probably on £100 million a week. Um, oh no, not 100 million pounds, 100,000 pounds a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we'll be able to afford that. <laughs> oh, is Messi available? 
Um, <laughs> no, I think he's on a hundred grand a week as is, is Rodrigo probably. So Valencia had to sell him on. And uh, yeah, Leeds were there, right place, right time, and we managed to persuade him. Quite incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, the plan is to kind of, for most of our signings, is to kind of buy younger players and, you know, have them for a few years and stuff because obviously the squad is quite, is ageing a bit at the moment, obviously. Um, click, clicks uh, hit 30. Um, uh, Lean Keepers hit 30. Yeah, Barry Douglas is obviously 30 and Anders is 35. So the, the squad is getting on a bit. I think Bamford's just turned 27, so he's got obviously a couple more years. So signing a 29-year-old on the face of it, especially when his scoring record isn't that great. Yeah. doesn't look brilliant, but the... If you look at his actual stats in games for Valencia, his, his chance creation is, I think he's I think he's third or fourth highest in La Liga with Valencia for, for being involved in scoring opportunities. So that's a very high up in a very, very good league. So if we can get him firing, I think, um, and either get him scoring or, you know, chipping in with assists, because obviously Leeds is a bit of a, um, it's much more kind of team. Some, some teams are, you know, basically focused on getting the ball to one player so he can score. Uh, leads are very much everyone contributes and whoever you know manages to score well done but you know it's yeah. not the main <laughs> the main aim the main aim is scoring is getting Leeds United a goal it's not scoring a goal for Patrick Bamford it's not scoring a goal for Pablo Hernandez or Jack Harrison or anyone like that it's winning the game so yeah. I think I think he will help the the system in winning games uh, yeah so I, I, th- I do think it's an, an astute signing yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, on the face of it, you know, you look at it, you're thinking £27 million, you know, break the transfer record, which is incredible. I didn't think I'd ever see that. You know, six years ago, we were signing players like Nicky Jose and Steve Morrison and Solomon Dakara, Noel Hunt. And then, yeah, six years later, we're signing Rodrigo from Valencia, who's, yeah, an incredible player over in Spain. Uh, he's been good for a number of years. Really good on FIFA as well, so that's a bonus. So, yeah, if he's not going to real life, at the least we've got a good player, player on FIFA. <laughs> FIFA Crane mode in FIFA 21, by the way, is going to be excellent. We've got Ellen Road in FIFA. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be excellent. But uh, no, back, back on to Rodrigo. Yeah, on the face of it, as I say, you know, £27 million, a lot of money for a 29-year-old. Um, but, you know, you do look at it. Atletico Madrid wanted him for around £60 million uh, or €6 million Euros, rather, last summer. So we're getting him for less than half of that. Obviously, there'll be some add-ons somewhere. But I, I think it is a good deal, really. Uh, a lot of people were keen to mention out uh, his not-so-great stats. Uh, of course, 27 league games for Valencia last season, four goals and seven assists. Only eight goals and six assists in the league the season before that, uh, playing 33 games. Uh, but in the uh, 2017-18 season, uh, he's got 16 goals and got four assists in 37 league games. Uh, that's the best of a lot, really. But, you know, as, as you were mentioning, in game stats, you know, he is a good player. He's a very good player. Uh, play for Spain uh, really well in their recent uh, games as well. So, you know, he is a good player, is Rodrigo. He's a really, really good player. And I think he will do a, a decent job. I think, you know, around 15 goals this season, I think would be a good enough return. Uh, I think he is a, a top, top signing. I'm I'm excited to see what what uh, Rodrigo does in the Leeds United shirt. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. Fifteen would be slightly optimistic, given where we probably will finish in the table. I'd be happy with anything, anything north of ten. I'd be I'd be happy with for, yeah. for a first season. Up. I mean, because I, I we're not going to get as many chances uh, in the Premier League. Um, so if he scores, you know, ten plus goals, it's it's, it's fine. That's so, especially yeah. given the way that we play, because the goals are very very spread out. So it's not like the in the Gary Monk season where Chris Wood just scored every single goal. And <laughs> no, nobody else actually scored. Uh, the goals are already spread out, so I think yeah, ten goals is is probably going to be 
is what I would expect from him for the amount of money we've invested. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, same here. I think it'll be a, a, a you know, it's a top, top signing, in my opinion. Um, also on August 29th, Leeds United announced the signing of Germany international defender. I've got to be careful how I pronounce this. Robin Koch. We'll call him Robin. Rockin' Robin. We'll call him Rockin' Robin. Uh, from Bundesliga side, uh, Freiburg, uh, thought it reported €13 million Euros or pounds. Uh, the 24-year-old has signed a four-year deal at Ellen Road, running until the summer of 2024. Uh, replacement for Ben White, really, who, uh, you know, Ben White, he has signed a new contract at Brighton, so Ben White will not return to Leeds. Um, how do we feel about no more Ben White? He was a really good player. Uh, and I really enjoyed seeing him in a league shirt and he was fantastic for us. And I think he'll have a very good career and I've got nothing but nice things to say about Ben White. And I think those people are kind of, obviously, yeah, p- people were kind of saying that the um, people were kind of like hounding him a bit for, for not, for not you know, handing a transfer request or anything like that. And you've got to look at his career and he's got to think that clubs don't like players that submit transfer requests. So that'll yeah. be on his people. Clubs will be aware of that for his record, and yeah, I mean, if he submitted a transfer request, he won't be start, he won't be playing for Brighton, would he? No, but I also don't think he'd be playing for Leeds if he submitted a transfer yeah. request. I don't think Brighton ever had any inclination to sell him to Leeds. I think they were going to sell him to sell him to somebody else, somebody higher up in the Premier League table, or you know, someone in a different, different league or a different country or something. They're not, they weren't ever planning on selling him to us. So I think you've just got to cut your losses and say he was a very, very good player for us and good luck to him for the rest of his career. He's, yeah. signed, he's got any new contracts. Hopefully Brighton uphold their end of the bargain and actually play him and not just leave him in the, in the reserves because he's good enough to play in the Premier League. I, yeah. I've got, no, I've got no doubt about that. So yeah, hopefully 100%. they actually do play him because I, I think he'll be very, very aggrieved if they, if they just leave him on the bench and play in yeah. the cup games because he could have been, because he he'll, he'll know that he could have been starting every week for Leeds. So. Yeah. I mean, Ben, ben uh, White needs to play Premier League football. So, yeah, I, I do hope he does play for Brighton. But, you know, the, fa- the fact was Brighton were just asking, you know, for way too much. You know, Ben White hasn't kicked a football in the Premier League. He's had a good season at Newport, one good season in the Championship, you know, in, in a good team and in the poor league, really, let's face it. But, you know, a very good season, you know, very, very good player is Ben White. I thank him for, for all the memories, you know, especially that goal against Charlton. Just thank him for that incredible season. I'll never forget the season. Yeah, thank you, Ben White, for all you've done and good luck in your career. But, you know, the fact is he hasn't kicked a Premier League football. No player, you know, a player who hasn't kicked a Premier League football is not worth more than 20 to £25 million. Pounds. No chance. So, you know, Leeds were bidding putting a few bids, £23 million, £25 million, just rejected. Brighton wanted around, you know, £30 or £40 million. It's just not happening, really. Just not enough. So, uh, yeah, I think Leeds United were right to look elsewhere. And, uh, yeah, Rockin' Robin looks uh, looks a decent player. Young, versatile, has international experience. Um, and as I say, £30 million. Looks like Leeds United... For, yeah. yeah. For a, for a Premier League player, £13 million is very reasonable. Yeah, I think Leeds United have got a really good deal here, a really good bargain. And, uh yeah, taking advantage of the fact that, you know, the English market is highly inflated and the uh, rest of Europe, that, that transfer market is, uh, is a little bit more reasonable. So, uh, yeah, uh, very, very good business by uh, Leeds United, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully I'll have uh, the, the kind of impact that Ben White did at the start of last season. He'll just hit the ground running immediately. Obviously, yeah. he's, he's sort of, uh, <laughs> his first game in is going to be a bit of a rough one in defence and field. But, you know, I hope for the majority of the season he's a, he's a, he's a really good player for us. Yeah. Yeah. Robin, rocking Robin is a Leeds United player. Good, good, uh, good couple of signings there. Um, on August the 30th, Leeds United announced that youth player Stuart McKinstry 
has signed a new three-year deal at the club. Uh, good news there, getting uh, all the good youngsters on long-term contracts still. Um, on the 1st of September, Leeds United played an 80-minute friendly away at Stoke City and lost 3-0. Um, a lot of players were missing because of international duty though, so it was pretty much our third team really, uh, second and third team put together. Uh, so nothing to worry about really. Weird how it was uh, only 80 minutes though. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, five minutes on and either half would have been, you know, made much of a difference. So that was interesting to see. But uh, uh, no, a few days later, uh, we uh, played another friendly, played a team abroad, beaten 3-1 at four parts. So uh, yeah, that's all good stuff there. Uh, can we just mention Kiko Casado? First of all, conceded three goals at Stoke. And then the goal he conceded in that 3-1 win uh, at four parts against that team from abroad, who I can't pronounce the name of. That goal that we Hockey conceded team. there. Yeah, that goal we conceded there. What's Kiko here doing? <laughs> Honestly, I, I've seen I've seen the goal multiple times. I'm not sure whether he gets mixed or the ball just goes past him. Either either way, it's embarrassing to be fair. And yeah. The goals that we conceded against Stoke as well. They were one of them was just him completely failing to uh, to deal with it with the ball and, and into the box from a corner and then getting caught out massively. One of them is just him leaving far too much of a gap between his defender and himself. And so say so basically. Um, it's, it's poor defending the centre halves as well because they didn't track a runner, but even still, he should be. They kind of, he kind of, the player heads against the floor and it kind of just flies over him, and it's just yeah. really appalling goalkeeping. Yeah. Why is Kiko Xeer still at Leeds? You know, we got done for racism. He's not a good goalkeeper. I just think it, you know, just cut the losses and just get rid of him. Just get rid of Kiko Xeer. I, I don't want him at the club. I want someone else in to, to challenge no, Messier because if Messier gets injured or suspended and Kiko Xeer has to come in, you know, Kiko Xe is not good. I, I'd been nervous. Yeah, I've seen how uh, Meslier does what Melier is. Uh, that's the way Bryn Law pronounced it because I think it's French that's so pronounced Melier or something like yeah. that. I really hope he has, a, has an excellent season. Signing for 5 mil. Looks like a good investment. Good young French keepers in the France under 21s. And obviously, goalkeepers, you don't seem tend to see many starting goalkeepers be as young as he is. But yeah, obviously, he's got, he's got a really good. Um, Pentless saving record as well to the under twenty three. So hopefully he'll get, yeah. he'll get that in the Premier League as well. It, yeah, he's generally just a really good pair of hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. I imagine the, the defense just trusts him. I trust him to be honest on him when, when he's in goal through yeah. most of the time. So but I, as a young goalkeeper, though, he needs you know you know a good experienced goalkeeper to learn from and to challenge him, give him some good competition. But quite frankly, Kiko here just is not that. So. Yeah, I just think Kiko no. here just just get rid of him really, get rid of him. But uh, yeah, two friendlies there. Uh, for these two preseason friendlies, uh, hopefully we are we are ready for the uh, new Premier League season. Um, of course, very quick turnaround. The Championship season only ended what four or five weeks ago. So, um, uh, so yeah, very quick turnaround indeed. Um, on September the fourth, Leeds United uh, revealed their away kit for the season. It's the exact same kit as what we uh, saw that was leaked. It's kind of a bluey greenish striped kit with some gold trims. Um, so yeah, it's exactly what we were expecting. Um, and I think it's nice. <laughs> I quite like it. It's uh, launching on Friday. Um, all these kits are around sixty pound or so, so very expensive. But you know, I think this away kit looks quite nice. I really do like it, and I think I'll probably buy it. Really, I, I think it looks really nice. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I know it's kind of like kind of mid nineties kind of vibe about it, doesn't it? The kind of uh, ninety four to ninety six kit, kind of kits were very very similar to it. I mean, your has got a lot of goals in that kit, so <laughs> um, it, it's all it's all right. I personally, I don't know if I was chosen that. I'm a, very much a stickler for. I always want a yellow away kit. Yeah, you uh, always mention this. So, you want a yellow away kit, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I want a yellow away kit. So, but you know, I've certainly seen worse Legion United shirts <laughs> over the last kind of fifteen sixteen years that I've actually been following the club. 
So yeah, it, it's all right. I, I'm not thinking I'm going to buy it myself. I, I think I think I'll probably just get a home shirt when I've got a bit more money. So yeah, it, it, it's all right. But if it sells, it sells. Seen this over your away kit from last season, that pink and grey one, which not a lot of people liked, but the uh, best selling away kit ever. You know, I, I think this one will 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 sell really really uh, well. So um, see, I, I quite like it. You know, it's a kit. Maybe end of the day again, but. Uh, no, I quite like it. I think it goes well. And it'll be nice to see it in person as well because I think a lot of the pictures are quite deceiving. Some pictures, you know, the colours look, you know, a bit greeny and then other pictures, it looks very, very blue. So, um, you know, it's like that, you know, remember that dress a few years ago, picture of that dress and whether it was gold or white or black or blue. But no, I, it'll be nice to see it in person. But, you know, I quite like the kit and yeah, it's certainly going to gonna sell well. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, away kit. We'll need to see what the uh, third kit looks like. On uh, the uh, September the uh, 6th, uh, it was the Carabao Cup second round draw. Uh, Leeds United will play League One side Hull City uh, in the Yorkshire Derby at Ellenwood. Uh, the week commencing the 14th of September. Easy win this, really. <laughs> Easy win. We should be progressing to round three uh, in all honesty, shouldn't we? It just really feels really nice to hear the words League One side Hull City. That is absolutely <laughs> where they belong. And it's nice to see them finally return home. It's <laughs> in Hull fans, I, I don't really, I know it sounded like I really hate them there, but you know, it's just, they're just one of those annoying clubs like, you know, like Barnsley or Rotherham or, you know, that kind of just generate rivalries against us, whether, or Middlesbrough, where there really isn't one. So having to play them in the championship has been irritating. So to see them finally finish bottom of the table last year with Matthew Pennington and <laughs> the team really, really brought a smile to my face. So, um, yeah, to, I reckon we will win that game. Obviously, they did the round three draw at the same time. So if we were to beat Hull, I think we're playing either Charlton or West Ham, whoever wins that game, away from home to another London game, because we're not yeah. going to have enough of them in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's how that's going to be. I'm, I'm confident we can beat Hull. Whether or not we can beat West Ham, if that's if that's who gets to that round, it could be Charlton, for all we know. I doubt it. I think West Ham will beat Charlton. Yeah. Um, but should we uh, should we beat Hull? I think it's likely we'll face West Ham. Whether or not we can beat them, I don't know. But you know, I'm not really bothered whether or not we go on a cup run, particularly yeah. the Carabao Cup. Yeah, neither am I. I think I'm more focused on surviving in the Premier League, really. I um, mean, it would be nice to have a cup run, but you know, in all honesty, I'm not too bothered about the cups, especially the Carabao Cup. The FA Cup kind of care about that a little bit more because I do like the FA Cup, but the Carabao Cup, I'm not too bothered about at all, really. But no, it should be an easy win, really. Of course, it'll make a lot of changes, but Hull City, they are crap. We're beating 4-0 away last season. Uh, so yeah, it should really be a, a win getting to round three. And uh, yeah, face either West Ham or Charlton away from home. Probably will be West Ham and that'll be a decent tie. But uh, no, we'll uh, we'll uh, wait and see. Um, and I think that's next week as well, isn't it, sometime? It says the week commencing the 14th of September. So uh, yeah, next week we play Hull City. Alan Road in the uh, Carabao Cup second round. So uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, and finally, on August the 10th, the day that we are recording this podcast on, uh, Bielsa did reveal uh, that he is staying at Leeds United. Finally, it's finally been confirmed uh, uh, at his uh, Leeds United's uh, first Premier League press conference um, ahead of the Liverpool game. Marcel Bielsa said, and I quote, I will be working for next season at Leeds United. Everything has been sorted. It's definite. Um, and I think we all expected this, really. You know, I mentioned to you before we recorded this, it's strange that there wasn't, you know, a big announcement made because he was out of contract. And yeah, I'm surprised that no big announcement was made. He literally just said it. Oh, yeah, I'm staying at Leeds <laughs> in a press conference. So, um, yeah, quite surprised about yeah. that, really. Yeah, we were discussing the kind of the way things have been announced. And it's been, I've just, I've, honestly, I've been, laugh, I've been laughing about this for ages because it's just like, 
that Rodrigo signed and saying, oh, I'm really looking forward to, to working under Bale, says like, you do realise he hasn't signed a contract yet. He has not been like, an option. Robin, Robin Cook was saying basically, oh yeah, he showed me all these videos and we're looking forward to playing under him next season. He's like, he's not actually technically the manager yet. And it's just yeah, like, it we, so we all knew this was going to happen. It was always, I think Angus Kinnear was basically saying it's impossible to get him to sign the contract because every time you go speak to him, he's, he's talking about, you know, possible signings or the training ground or something to do with the club or, you know, some some... Uh, activity that needs doing or something that needs yeah. sorting out and it's just like can you just sign the papers here Marcelo, <laughs> before before we kick off at Anfield so you can actually be there <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it was a bit weird you know we don't know when he signed the contract too. probably two months ago he signed the contract really you know it could have been ages ago he signed the contract but um, yeah it was a bit weird because it, it, it was you know you were thinking oh, is he working at Leeds United for free technically because he hasn't signed a contract on, he's just the, um, I, don't know, I don't know if you follow the Athletic at all, or whether you pay for it or not. Phil did like a little kind of like 10 minute um, discussion with Amatai uh, Winehouse, or I think I think it is. Apologies, I've got his name wrong. Basically, he did like an, an interview uh, with him saying the, the discussion between the club and Bielsa, the salary has been sorted for ages. The, the club have always known there's never been any kind of discussion of that issue. It's been like all the like fiddly little bits, you know, all the like minor details and clauses and stuff that needed sorting out. So it's it's, it's to be expected because I mean, Bielsa is a very careful, methodical uh, guy, so it, you'd imagine he applies that to uh, every aspect of his life, especially his contract of employment, because we know what he's been like with previous employers, so it's not surprising to see. It yeah. took a little while. But it, did, it, it was kind of getting a bit ridiculous, because everybody knew he was, he was going to imagine <laughs> that season, but they just didn't announce it, yeah. so it was like... Is he going to be the manager, or is he yeah. just, you know, <laughs> is he just is he just doing all the because he was and he was still taking training and stuff, and he was still you know, like introducing <laughs> the science and stuff. It's like, yes. You, you didn't realize you don't work here anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, he, he just turns up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit strange, but you know, I'm glad it's all. You know, it's been announced, it's been finalized, and it and it's all done. Yeah, very glad it's done. And uh, I saw somewhere as well. Some were saying that uh, by the time we uh, we play Newcastle United at home on the 15th of December. If Marcel Bielsa is still in charge by then, which you know I'd, I'd imagine he is, um, it would be his longest reign ever at a club, which is a fantastic stat. The longest reign he's had at a club, uh, yeah, two years, well over two years, two and a half years really. So, um, so yeah, an incredible stat that if, if it is a uh, if it is true, uh, which I'm no reason to doubt it. So, um, uh, but no, yeah, glad it's all done. Glad Bielsa's staying. And there we go. That's all the news we have to go over in this episode. <laughs> Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, the first game back in the Premier League after 16 years. And it's a tough one uh, away at Anfield against the reigning Premier League champions, uh, Liverpool. Uh, how are you feeling heading into this one? Ambivalent would be the word I'd use. I'm neither, I, I, I don't feel particularly, I'm not dreading it as such. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm pleased that we're going to be playing there. And I'm pleased this, this is the kind of routine we're now playing. But there's zero pressure on this game whatsoever. Yeah. It is an absolute free hit because yeah. they are obviously. World club champions, I should say. Premier League champions, they are recent champions of Europe. So they have arguably the best team in the world. Arguably. And we are not. (laughs) (laughs) Best club in the world, yes. Best team in the world, probably not. So turning up there, it's an absolute free hit. So I don't feel, I'm not scared about it. I'm fully expecting us to lose. So if we were to turn up and get anything, I would be delighted. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, completely relaxed heading into this. No pressure at all. No one's expecting Leeds United to do anything. Liverpool, on the other hand, they're the Premier League champions. 
everyone's expecting them to win this game. And Liverpool, they'll be up for it. You know, they, they, they'll want to keep hold of it. They're reigning Premier League champions. They'll want to win the Premier League again. So, yeah, overpressure on Liverpool, really. And no pressure on us for once, which, uh, yeah, is really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, very relaxed heading into uh, this game, really. Very, very relaxed. And if we win or draw, fantastic. If we lose, then we move on. And, uh, yeah, it's good that we're getting Liverpool away out of the way really <laughs> you know and it's quite ironic as well you know because we you know we're discussing it you know Leeds United winning the uh, championship second division the last time we won this won a trophy uh or, no won the second division rather was 30 years ago and the last time Liverpool won the Premier League of the top division the first division was 30 years ago as well so that's ironic and then uh, you know to play each other first you know first game back in the Premier League that's you know it's a bit ironic and you look at it as well last season Liverpool's first game was at home against Norwich City. And Norwich City were the champions of the championship the previous season. So it's weird how that kind of works out. So, um, uh, so yeah. yeah but that, that, that season that Norwich were champions, Liverpool weren't champions, so I suppose it's yeah. not uh, But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for it. It's just one of those games where I'm thinking that n- nobody gets points from Anfield, really. So it's an absolute write-off. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Etihad, the Etihad playing Man City away. That's probably going to be a write-off. <laughs> there's, there's certain games in the season yeah. where I'm like, yeah, we're probably not going to get anything from that. So as a result, I'm absolutely calm about it. And if we lose, I expected us to lose anyway. If yeah. we don't, then brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know how good uh, how good of a team Liverpool are. Mo Salah, Saudio Mane, Firmino, Van Dijk. Uh, yeah, so, Liverpool have got an incredible team. But but could Leeds United do a job, though? You know, especially with the new signings, you know, Rodrigo. Could we do a job? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not, it's, that's not because I'm down Rodrigo there. I just don't think we'll win or draw. I, I, I just think they are so good all over the pitch. There's not a single bit of their team where I think that's a weak point. I mean, they spent a lot of money on it, but it's essentially a uh, it's, it, it's a team that's designed to pick up silverware and, and, and to thrash teams. So yeah. I think the only hope will be because they obviously, like us, they like to use a lot of width, they like to use overlapping fullbacks. I think. If we were to stop the supply from uh, Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson, which is a very, very big ask, and you know put as much pressure as possible on their midfield, that'd be the way to do it. But if we press too high, they will just pick us off with the pace yeah. of Solomon uh, Mane, particularly Mane, who will just you know leave. This is no slight on Stuart Dallas whatsoever, but he will leave Stuart Dallas <laughs> in the dust. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, 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 I like Stuart Dallas. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm expecting to lose this game uh, yeah. because they, they, they're just too good, personally. Yeah. But you know, anything can happen. People, I mean, I think Burnley at the end of last season picked, picked up point, uh, point up at Anfield. Um, obviously Watford turned him over, but that wasn't at Anfield. So they're not unbeatable. They, they, they didn't go invincible last season, but, um, but they are, they are very, very, very good. Yeah. So if, if we do, if we do get hammered, I would just say. To anybody watching this, if if there's anybody that's watching this, because <laughs> uh, I know we haven't posted in a while, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that if we if we do take a hammer in, don't think, oh yeah, we're going to be like Huddersfield, because realistically, it was unlikely we we're ever going to get it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. What do you think the team lineup will be for Leeds United? Do you think the new signings will 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 play, or do you think it'll be mostly, or you know, all Ulham players will be the players we had last season? I think. Cock will definitely start. I think he will definitely be in the middle of defence. Uh, Bielsa today said they're both available, so I can't see 
Rodrigo not featuring. I think he, I think he will probably start as well. Yeah. So whether or not he wants to play him and Bamford at the same time is going to be interesting. But um, yeah, I don't think it'll happen. He, he tried doing it last season with Enketia and Bamford, didn't he? And it just didn't really work. Unless Rodrigo goes on a wing, on the wing, right wing or left wing, and Bamford plays as the number nine. But I don't think they'll play together up top. He won't play two up top. Will be else. He's, he's you know very stubborn when it comes to tactics. He, he you know just goes with with his own plan, and if that doesn't work, then he just. Sticks with it really, <laughs> but you know, I do want the new signings to play. I think Rodrigo, the you know record, you know record breaking signing. I think he, he should be starting and playing really. But you know, if Bamford starts, I won't be too surprised. But I do want Rodrigo to to start and yeah, rocking Robin as well in defence. I think he should he should start. But it won't surprise me if he stuck Aileen at centre back and went Dallas at right back and Douglas at left back. That won't surprise me at all. But. Um, I don't. I really don't want to do that. No, I, yeah. I do think the new signing should start really, and hopefully to do a do a good job if to do. Uh, now Leeds have an awful record against Liverpool. We've played uh, fifty nine uh, games against them uh, overall in our history. Uh, lost thirty and won twenty eight. Uh, the last time we beat Liverpool was the thirteenth of April two thousand and one. Uh, two one win away at Liverpool. Uh, we uh, drawn two and uh, lost six uh, since then. Uh, the last time we played them was on the 29th of November uh, 2016. We lost 2-0 in the League Cup under Gary Monk, of course. So, yeah, that, yeah. a t- terrible record against Liverpool. So what's your prediction uh, for this game here, mate? I think it's going to sound pessimistic, but I'm going to go for one loss. Yeah, I, I reckon we'll probably get, get hammered. I reckon we will score, but we'll probably get hammered still. Yeah, I, I agree, probably 4-1. But if I'm being hopeful, I'll take a one all or 2 all really. I think I think that would be you know decent result that we could get, but you know realistically we probably will lose to be honest. Um, I must your prediction as well, early prediction for the uh, Premier League. Where do you think Leeds United will finish? Are you confident heading into the season? Do you think we'll we'll get top half like a lot of people think, or do you think it will be a case I'm, of finish seventeenth? Neither of those really. I'm more confident than those people think we're just going to scrape uh, you know survival. I'm going to go. I'm going to go fifteenth. Go fifteenth for the season. You reckon we'll do decent mid table. Yeah, for, I, I was going to say fourth. Yeah, fourth, fourteenth, fifteenth. I think it will be lower mid table. I think. Yeah, I'm probably going to go fifteenth. Uh, I think it's yeah. realistic. Um, I don't. I don't expect us to smash the lead. I don't expect us to do what Sheffield United did, and that's no slight. And, and, and I think on any of our players or the elsewhere at all, I just think I don't, I don't expect. I think they had a bit of a freak season, and I think they're left. They're very kind of robust, and they Sheffield United are hard, are hard to score against than we are. Um, yeah, but I think I think we are more creative than they are as a team. Yeah. So, and you look at it as well. Sheffield United end up finishing ninth. Everton had a poor season, but Everton have signed some really good players this transfer window. So I think they'll be in the top half. I wouldn't rule out a top half finish. I think you know, top finishing in the top ten definitely is possible and doable. But being realistic, I think we will probably finish mid table. I'd probably go thirteenth really. If if I need to pick one position, Leeds are finishing probably thirteenth. I'd go for. I'd be happy with a top thirteen finish, but just staying up as well would, would would be good but um but yeah i'm not overly confident but i'm not you know negative and worried about this season i think we will stay up and uh I, yeah i, I mid, think mid sometimes me and you do get accused of being a bit negative on here but you know it's just, it's just <laughs> realistic i think first season back we need, we need to take a bit of time to establish ourselves and then we can crack on i don't think we're not we're not going to do a wolves where we jump into the top seven immediately or <laughs> I just can't see that happening. Yeah, maybe I'm being a bit pessimistic. Maybe we'll finish higher. Maybe we'll be more like your prediction. But I'm, uh, I'm fairly confident we'll be in that zone between 13th and 15th. I think is probably where we're going to be. 
Well, that brings us to the end of episode 73 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you, as always, to Charles for joining me. Yeah, cheers for having me on that. And uh, thank you as well to everyone uh, who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow? Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Or even if you're not, if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, get Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Do it. <laughs> um, help us out and, and share the podcast around as well. It really does help us out. We really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leads on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, search All Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search All Things Leads on Facebook to keep up to date with everything that is happening. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Charles and I will be back next week. So uh, until then, for now, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.